Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts, Dum Dums and Dragons, Blood and Syrup, The Mythos Mysteries, Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy, and Curse Code and Crown, as well as three event podcasts with miniseries releases scheduled at random intervals, Dumb Scum and Villainy, One Shots, and the bad movie review show, Garbage Town the Movie Podcast. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content Content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pot, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merchandise. Dice today. Welcome back, my kindred, to Blood and Syrup, a Vampire the Masquerade live play podcast. I am Sylvania Dracul, your host through this world of darkness. Our country had their first taste of action as four kindred attacked in a hunger frenzy. After two of the vampires were quickly dispatched, the leader of Clan Ventru in New Haven, Fabian Lacroix, was paralyzed, and the deputies turned to see Everett feeding on the remaining attacker. Will Everett successfully diabolize another kindred? And what will our deputies make of their new sheriff's tastes? Abandon hope, all ye who listen here. The combat with the frenzied vampires has come to an uncomfortable end. As Doris, you stake Fabienne Lacroix, the representative of the Ventru uh, within New Haven, with the assistance of Evie, uh, who may not have been the person you would expect to fly over and help you tackle somebody, but she's proven to be that person over the last couple of weeks. Meanwhile, on the other side of the room, Val, you helped 
a strange vampire drain another vampire, uh, either in the hopes of killing them or driving them into torpor. And Everett, you would accept that existence. However, your beast surged to the fore as you finished uh, draining the vampire who had bitten you, your preferred food source. And you have now begun, against your own will, the process of diabolery, trying to absorb the soul of another vampire into your own uh, to increase your power. As you begin to drain, you feel the vampire beneath you stiffen and kind of paralyze and fall into a coma. But you keep going and you feel the blood flow actually becomes a flow of this dark energy from the core of them. Uh, imagine this is almost an out-of-body experience. You are floating in your own mind a step back from a monstrous feral version of yourself still wearing the same outfit but the skin is pitched black i think because of your background you would see devil horns and long claws just holding this body and draining uh the soul out of it uh can you roll me uh this is a resolve plus strength test oh interesting Okay. Uh, do hunger dice uh, factor into this kind of thing as well? Uh, they do not. Do you know what they will for us? Because I like what they do to die rolls sometimes. Sure. <laughs> uh, yes, let's find out. Okay. Resolve and strength, you say? Yes. Okay. Oh, interesting. Uh, two successes. Two successes. All right. Everett, you're inside that kind of white mind palace-like endless space, staring down at a dark, evil version of yourself trying to drain the soul out of a being. And you begin to claw downwards towards it. Uh, you can feel yourself floating slowly downwards. It's like pouring through molasses, but you're putting everything you have into it until you can reach down into your dark body and kind of pull yourself through into its head. Scale shifts uh, in your inside. And just at the last moment, you manage to slap uh, the energy feed uh, away from the mouth of your beast. Uh, and you snap back into reality and release the vampire you're holding. And their body, uh, they achieve the final death and begin to rapidly decompose. About 10 years worth of decomposition in 10 seconds uh, as the life is stripped from their body. But you can tell in your core, though you have been soiled, and you will take uh, two strain for what you have just kind of experienced through the beast and the horror of what you've just done. You did not diabolize this person or absorb their soul or their power. Okay. Uh, you feel flitting memories from their life filtering through your mind in that uncomfortable deja vu of someone else's experiences way. And then they disappear. They just fade away. They're not tracked in there any longer. You've managed to avoid committing what you feel in your soul is a, probably the deepest violation that one could commit to another person. Uh, but you manage to stave that off and just spring back uh, and fall on the floor and find yourself looking at Doris and Evie, who are standing over you, and Val, who is... I imagine getting up off a decomposing corpse on the floor and Troy, who's in the corner, just holding a shotgun and then just goes ah! and faints <laughs> and he's just unconscious. So. Oh, Troy. <laughs> I, I think uh, Val, as soon as she would get up, she would point the shotgun at Everett and be like, who the fuck are you? Um, yeah. Evie has like a stakeout. Like, 
she is ready to stake Everett. Doris will look at Val um, and just shake her head. This is the new sheriff. Put your gun down. She, the she twitches did, at that. The two of you did know a new sheriff was coming today. He's um, here to save. He's here to save us. He's here to save the project. Evie walks up to Everett and just full slaps him across the face. And he's just, still on the ground, so I think it's, it's so just Evie down. bends over and slaps him across the face, and just like basically puts her finger, um, like right into his face, like basically at his nose, and be like, "Don't you ever do anything like that, fucking ever again? You got what the fuck are you thinking?" Uh. That's great because uh, up until that point, I don't think Everett heard anything anyone was saying. He was just staring at that that rapidly decomposing body, uh, scared out of his wits, and that slap kind of brings him back. So he catches, "Don't ever fucking do that again." What the fuck were you thinking? Uh, and and he just uh, um, he'll say, "Uh, uh, 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 I, I don't know what that was." What? What is, what is going on here? You're in New Haven, sir. This is, you're vampires. Those were vampires. Indeed. Oh, this is, this is the new sheriff. You're, you're gotta be fucking shitting me. And I just, I throw up my hands in. Oh, great. Someone else who's incompetent. Join the club. And she just walks off. <laughs> uh, Val, I think something that's shaking you is the fact that Everett and his accent sounds exactly like your sire and the former sheriff, Rufus Cross. Like, it is almost a voice copy of the former sheriff who you lost only in the last week. It's very recent that you needed the, the new replacement to come in. Uh, and before anyone could say anything further, the side door opens uh, and the the old out of, out of shape wheezing gentleman uh, that sent Everett out into the hallway is like, okay, I need Everett to come back in here. Right, you come with me. We got to talk about some stuff. Everybody else should figure out what happened with that one. Here you go, I got this for you. And he just hands out, uh, he's got rations of what you guys would recognize as vampire blood. Uh, it's You all know from the locals that this is used by the daytime officers who are all ghouls to allow them to rapidly heal and just kind of stay on their toes. So you can give that to a vampire if you want to theoretically perk them up even faster. Or he's got regular blood. He just kind of throws, honestly, it's a handful. They're not like a great tactical choice. He's just throwing them at you. And he just comes in and he's like, come with me, young man. It's time for you and I to go deal with this. Uh, and he just helps Everett up and drags him into the office away from the rest of you. Doris is going to look at this this ration and just kind of look up and say, uh, well, I don't know if this was ethically sourced or not. Troy? Oh, my human's down. Excuse me. Uh, and she's just going to, uh, she's going to go over to pick Troy off the ground. 
Yeah, I will say for your for your consensualist uh, self that I know about Doris, any of the rations you receive are all from the voluntary donations okay, of the population of New Haven. Okay, great. Um, okay. This will get explained to Everett in a minute, but essentially there's a central blood bank and what all of the 14,000 people who live here are doing are donating blood yes. willingly okay. to allow the vampire population to have blood to drink. So that would all pass your checks. You can dr- If it's from okay. rations, yes. If it's from anywhere else, you're going to have to check, <laughs> but yeah. rations okay. are allowed. Great. Uh, and you all realize you have rations. I guess, Evie, you probably take a minute to cool off, and maybe when you come back you realize this. But you have Fabienne Lacroix, who has been staked, uh, who you probably need to get some blood into and mm-hmm. perhaps get into a cell. So what yeah, how long does do How long does the paralysis last? Until the stake is removed. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, as, as I'm going towards Troy to pick him up, um, Doris will kind of look to Fabienne and then look to the two of you and, and just say, uh, she's important, so don't hurt her, right? Uh, you would both recognize Fabienne uh, from the city. Uh, she represents the Ventru. They were not one of the clans that was originally involved in this project, but through the refugee status and things that have been going on in Calgary, there's a small number of Ventru who are present. Uh, she would be known for being very arrogant and incredibly annoying, but also not that powerful here. The Ventru, unlike other traditional Camarilla places, they're not the, you know, the kings of the castle here. They're one of the smaller players. So important, a representative on the city council, uh, not the most important. And you, I cannot see a world where any of you would like her. (laughs) (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Well, Val is just absolutely seething. So she stands for a second and then she just punches a hole in the wall. And then she walks over to help carry um, LaCroix to a cell. Like, not talking, just like absolutely huffing and stomping everywhere. So angry. And then I'm imagining you all head that way. uh, And then we'll cut inside the office (laughs) where where you realize now you can see uh, there's like a plaque on the wall with the guy's name on it. And his name is Barty Chiroptera. Uh, and he's, he's just mopping his brow and sitting on a chair. He's probably in his late sixties, early seventies, but looks like he's 90. Like he's just a guy not meant for this job. And he's like, okay, so you made it here, which is good. <sighs> okay. You told him you were the sheriff, right? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Then they, uh, one of them, tackled me to the ground and uh, did this and I gesture to my probably pretty significantly gored up neck. <laughs> Wait, one of the officers did that or one of the psychopaths who came in did that? One of them uh, punks. She was, uh, I mean, she's God, she's gone now. Uh, God, her name was Alexa. Why do I know her name? Yeah, but I don't know that. I'm just a guy, but here's... <laughs> You're kind of the sheriff now. Uh, I, I don't know how to break this to you. <laughs> You're the guy who was supposed to do the front desk thing, right? The vampire? Yeah. Do you yeah. know uh, a Ridley Beef? The Cockney guy who swore at me on the farm? Yeah, that <laughs> Yeah, I talked to him. So I was trying to find somebody to just replace Troy. You, did you see Troy Tall Guy? Uh, Passed out out in the hall? Yeah, that's why I needed to replace Troy. So. Right. <laughs> We wanted a vampire to help with the other vampire officers, but then the sheriff died, and that means the whole town's going to get shut down, and all the mortals are going to get liquidated. So I can't let that happen. So you're the sheriff now. Well, I, hold on. You gotta, you gotta explain this whole town's situation to me. 
the humans and the vampires like they they know about each other and there's a there's some sort of agreement or what yeah what so is, is new haven this is gonna be a bit of a dump but this is what you get it's a hell of a voice to do it in hello gov it's your boy ridley and i'm here to talk to you about maybe a way you should be contributing to this little organization everyone knows as you look around there's a lot of bear boys and you know to be a bear boy you gotta be a bear and you gotta be well not exactly a boy but you got the important thing is you gotta pay your fucking dues is what you gotta do and right now I just know from looking at the numbers, there are a lot more fucking people out there than there are inside my fucking gang. And what I'm saying is, if you want to join up and get access to me and all the cool fucking toys and other fucking treats I've got for all you little bear boys and girls and theys and thems and fucking alls out there, go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. You do that. You're on the inside. Come talk to me on a Patreon-exclusive Discord. Why don't you throw some names into the show? Why don't you build an NPC to join my fucking gang? I'm just saying, if you sign up, you won't regret it. And if you don't sign up, maybe you fucking will. Dum Dums and Dice would like to invite you to check out their flagship podcast, Dum Dums and Dragons. It's a show where improvisers who've never roleplayed before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. It features Laura Elizabeth as the Wizard Allen, Tyler Hewitt as the Thief Quinny, and Ryan LaPlante as a cleric named Butthole. Through their first season, these heroes experience the minds of Fandelva, but starting in season two, they step into a world of fully original adventures from the mind of DM Tom McGee. Follow them from the beginning of their quest through five Five more seasons and beyond. Check it out now. Dom, doms and dragons. <laughs> this town's called New Haven. And it was built. I normally a vampire would teach this to you, but he died. I miss you, Rufus. But, uh, <laughs> so the princess of Calgary was was Cleopatra, and I know what you're thinking. It can't be that Cleopatra. Wrong. It fucking was. So Cleopatra <laughs> has been saving a lot of money and becoming really powerful for thousands of years. And she thought that vampires can't just go around and eat all the people. Otherwise, there's going to be a war. Vampires are going to die. She thought vampires and people could get along. So she decided to call in a lot of political favors amongst other vampires or whatever. And she started a project where the idea was that there'd be people who'd know that vampires are real and they would donate blood to feed those vampires. So kind of an everybody wins scenario because she had so much money, she could just make sure none of the people who did this had to work. So became a basic income pilot was how it sold to the mortals. But uh, it's actually New Haven. So there were meant to be about 14,000 people and 100 vampires. And they'd all get what they needed and then it'd be fine. <laughs> Only the princess was murdered. And then it kind of, Calgary fell apart. So the weird thing was, is the deal with all the other princesses and princesses, and they said if the sheriff can stay in charge, the vampire sheriff, not me. Nobody wants me running the whole city. (laughs) If the vampire one can stay in charge, then New Haven can keep existing. Well, he died, but there was this big lie, and he just mops his head, and he's like, I gotta stop for a second. And he opens opens a fridge and just like, (laughs) It's full of nothing but iced teas. And he takes one out, just like, just the, the little, like, 600 mils, and he chugs a whole one. And then he coughs. No. 
And then he lights a cigarette, and you're realizing, like, this guy does yeah. not do himself any favors. <laughs> this kid is two seconds away from a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> Barty, can I get you a glass of water or something? Uh, no, I got, I got the iced tea. Okay, so the sheriff, when the princess got murdered, he said he asked that he was going to retire, and it was all part of a lie because he just keep going forever. But if he ever got killed, we just pretend he retired and put a new sheriff in place, and then the Camarilla wouldn't know, and they wouldn't have to liquidate all the mortals in town. Well, he wasn't supposed to die, but then he did, and we didn't have a replacement, and you were already here, and the kid who wouldn't stop talking left, so you're the sheriff. If anybody finds out you're not the sheriff, they're going to round up and murder all 14,000 people in this town. If the town falls apart, they're going to round up and murder all 14,000 people in this town. And uh, the deputies don't know you're not the sheriff, and they all got a lot riding on this. So I don't think you should tell him. I think you should just be the sheriff, and then you can stay here. It's only scheduled to run until everybody in town dies of old age. So for you, that's like a week. That, uh, wow, Barty. Um, yeah, that that's, that's not going to work. That, uh, that dog won't hunt. Um, I... I have some business to attend to. This was just kind of like a temporary job while I took care of some affairs here in New Haven, uh, and I was going to be on my way. So maybe... Hey, well, plans change. That's not going to be pot. There's 14,000 people. You may as well just walk through town and shoot them all in the head. Well, now, that let's not be uh, uh, dramatic here, Barty. 14,000 people. One of them must be uh, uh, a great... Sheriff, one of them must be uh, a no, good you don't, fit for you don't understand. We said the sheriff was gonna come from somewhere else, otherwise, if he was here, the other one would have retired. You're the only one we got, it got announced. The other guy, okay, I was trying to keep this secret. We did have <laughs> another guy, he was one who talked too much from Vancouver. He's dead, he got murdered too. They murdered him, and the five vampires getting shipped in with him, firebombed a truck. Who's he didn't they? make it. That's why I got you. What? Why are so many vampires dying? Well, again, sorry for this dump. Oh, God. <laughs> and he lights another cigarette, and then he just chugs another full iced tea. And you continue to be very worried about this man. Yeah. I am so concerned. For I don't this. like hearing you say dump, Barty. I don't know why, but. Yeah. So. Turns out the Note Nostra were the ones who killed the princess in Calgary and took over. So they're the ones doing all that stuff in Calgary. And we thought that would be sort of okay. But it turns out there's another group of vampires coming from Vancouver or whatever called the Children of Lilith. And they're coming through town. And they're just... Calgary's a war zone. Nobody knows because vampires are whammy and people left and right to make them forget and not put it in the news. But it's bad. Because it's so bad... We've had a bunch of vampire refugees. This town's meant to support like a hundred vampires. We got like a hundred and seventy something of them. We're almost running out of blood. And then uh, uh, Everett starts to, I think, realize what's going on uh, and, and, and says, and since there's not enough to go around, vampires are frenzying. 
Well, no. That's the fucked up part. Oh, I don't know what Barty. the fuck that was. That's your first case. We still got enough for the vampires. That shit should not be happening. So there's no current explanation for that behavior. No, we had three vampires frenzy last week. We thought maybe they were confused or something, but this is bad. This, those, those, that one was Fabienne. Fabienne's in charge of a clan. I just, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Buddy, you, you take a breath. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not taking no for an answer. I'm going to get you a glass of water. And I'm going to go, if there's like a little kitchenette or something like that. Yeah, yeah, there's one no, to the, the left of the sheriff. Yeah, Just a great. sink with a coffee mug. And I yeah. run the cold tap, and I and I, I push it into his chest. Like, I, like, take this. Okay. Uh, okay. And I'm going to let him gulp that down. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So, so, yeah, I don't know what's going on with the frenzy. Have you uh, uh, or anyone here, uh, you know, there's a police station. Uh, have you heard of the... Uh, the drug, the narcotic, uh, uh, street name, uh, Drac. No, we got no. a town of 14,000 people and somebody just frenzy through the door and the children are little if they're attacking. I don't care if people have a drug problem. <laughs> All right. You might have a drug problem, whether you care about it or not. I've seen this kind of behavior before. Fabulous. All right. Well, Sheriff, I'm sure you can deal with that. But I got, you got to realize, you can't not be... I see in your eyes still don't want to be the sheriff, but we need you. Those three deputies out there are all good vampires. Dora, she's been hiding from the Tremere her whole life. Princess looked after her. Now the princess is dead. If she doesn't make this work, she's fucked. And, and Val, she's trying to raise a son, a human son that she adopted. Needs New Haven to make that work. And Evie, she doesn't talk about it, but I heard Rufus and... She's got a husband, and somebody made her a vampire against her will, and if they can't make the town work, then she's going to end up accidentally eating her husband or something. You got to save their... You're saving souls. You're saving souls. Barda, do you need a nap? <laughs> no. No? I was right. dying for they made a ghoul out of me. Now I'm going to be this healthy forever. Oh, Barty. Oh, boy. So this is just... This is just how you uh, operate yeah, I, now, huh? I run the I run the daytime, so there's there's twenty officers in the day that make sure nothing bad happens to you vampire folks. And then at night, there's four vampires. Cause I'll tell you right now, I send twenty officers after a vampire. I'm gonna have dead officers. You met Troy? Yeah. He sucks. <laughs> Barty, I. All right, so. Man, this is a loud party. Uh I know. But here's the question that I that comes down to the core of this, and it's my only hope that you'll take this job, which is do you believe that people can be good and people should be protected from the monsters? Because if you believe that, then you can be our sheriff and you could save maybe the whole world from vampires if this goes right. But if you don't give a damn about human life and you don't give a damn about anything else. Well then, and he just takes out a Claymore mine from a dead desk and sets it on the counter. And he's like, then you and I are going to go for a ride and we'll see what those deputies can do. Why don't you just put that away, Barty? 
and I'll I'll even like I'll give him his gun back with like the handle out to him to take, so I'm not holding it in a threatening way, uh, and I'll 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 extend my arm for him to take it. <clears throat> All right, he's got a dual roll. Just a second. Oh no, I'm gonna <laughs> fucking die. I want, this man, I, want, I want this man to have his own podcast. <laughs> um, he's about to, depending on which side of the claymore he's sitting on. I, my guess would be based on the way that you're reading this. This is the question. No, no, he he rolled high on insight. I think he believes that you are at your core a good person he doesn't see the scary vampire in you he's seen in scarier vampires he will take his gun back and he will put the claymore back in the drawer and be like okay okay so you're gonna be the sheriff that's good well i guess so with that little presentation (laughs) jesus christ (laughs) what business were you here for uh I'm looking for someone. Okay. You know, a woman by the name of, and then Everett makes a face and it scrunches up in both like pain and shame and embarrassment and disappointment and self-loathing and stupidity. And he says, Mrs. Beef. This episode of Blood and Syrup features the voices of Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, Del Borvik at Deltastic on Twitter, Lori Elizabeth at E.L. Hamstring on Twitter, and storyteller Ryan LaPlante at The Ryan LaPlante on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and our show log was created by Decapitated Markers at Decapitated Marker on Twitter. That's M-R-K-R. Our theme songs are What's Really Going On Right Now by Chase Allen Willis and Traffic by Kai Engel. And our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. All of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com, our Twitter and Instagram at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We also have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Sleep well, my kindred. Sleep well in this world of darkness. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, Charles Grams, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Lord Abradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Chet Awesome Laser, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Taryn Hefner, Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Christian Mendez, Anna Zed, Eric Williams, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Great Dane, Acrix, Cameron Ezel, Grandma Likes D&D, Pazat. Austin Nut Powers Fry and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.